interrupt this program to bring you... Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Guys Live, the series where we let you know what you should and shouldn't be watching, all the news, all the movie news, TV news that you need to know, we're going to discuss here. Joining me today are the esteemed members of the Real Movie Guys audience, we have John. Say hi, John. Hello. And we got Adam. Hello. And last but not least, the wonderful Julie. Hi, everyone. All right, everybody. So, you know, I always like to start off this special series with just asking, what are you guys watching? Uh, let's go with you, Adam. What have you been watching lately? Anything new you want the guys to know about or what's going on with you? Uh, I've actually been catching up on uh, Attack on Titan. Oh, so listening to my recommendation finally. Thank God. Yeah. 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 Good thoughts. I, I got I, I got to be honest. I didn't uh, season one through three. I was just like moderately interested right. but as soon as we got into season four. That's it. I'm hooked. <laughs> I know. It's crazy what's going on with that. I saw yeah. like this funny meme. It's like, what is it? It's like people versus Titans and like people, versus, Titan, versus, people. people versus people. And then it's like, what the hell's going on with season four? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it. No, it's so accurate. I, I, I absolutely love Attack on Titan. It's becoming one of my favorite anime, I think, honestly. It's, if, it's if it keeps the really course. good. You know, if it keeps yeah. the course. We got time, obviously, with the ending and whatnot. So. Right. But right now... <laughs> I can't yeah. remember like enjoying TV this much as we are right now. I know Julie's it's loving good. it too. It's yeah, really I mean, being like not someone who's diehard into anime, um, this is something, and we're actually like up to date with it for the most part. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, the new episode's out. We got to watch it. Like I've never mm -hmm. been that way with an anime. We're like, we got to keep watching it. We got to keep watching it. So I'm really excited and nervous to see how things end up shaking out, but. It is just, this whole series is an absolute wild ride. I'm recommending it to people that I know, even don't even like anime. I'm like, you need to watch this. Yeah. I know what you like. You will like the show. Um, it's amazing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the conclusion. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because she always, she's always recommending it to people who don't even like anime. And they're like, what the hell is that? What's that new show? And it's like, well, well you yeah, know, my it's brother, tough. Yeah. Yeah, my one brother has, like, sometimes, like, if we Kevin and I were watching something, he would, like, kind of peek in and, like, be intrigued by it. So I, I kept saying, like, you know, you adjacently liked this anime, and you adjacently liked this anime. However, you will 100% love this anime if you mm. watch it. He's like, maybe I'll do it. So I'm, like, really pushing a couple people to get, like, just jump in. You'll love it. No, nice. it's it's been great. It's been great. I, I Again, one of the things I can't recommend enough. Uh, now, John. What's going on, man? What have you been watching? Some anything good? It's got some TV, got some movies. What do you got for us? Well, lately I've been out of the loop of like movies and everything, oh, so I've God. tried to start. I tried to start doing like getting back into like enjoying movies again, just watching movies. So I've been trying to do like a new movie a night. Okay, okay, which is kind of easy because like I haven't seen so many, and there's so many different platforms out there. So right, right, just no. been going back. The different movies and just trying out some yeah what'd you watch, watch recently what'd you watch recently <clears throat> um well i finally watched a uh, free guy oh okay that, that's cool what'd you think what your thought any thoughts on that i thought it was okay I, I thought it was gonna be better i thought it was gonna be more like okay funny and more comical but it was more just like hmm. just like a telling story 
Yeah, I mean, I thought Free Guy was pretty good. I guess I had, like, zero expectation going into it. And I think Fox or Disney, I guess Disney now, since they own it, they had, like, zero expectation because the marketing was, like, nothing. And I saw it, I'm like, oh, that that was surprisingly okay. Like, I, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. When you have no expectation going into something, you tend to be a little more subverted. Uh, I know, I think I liked it more. Me and Julie watched it. I know, Julie, you didn't like it as much, right? You were kind of, like, lukewarm to it. <laughs> There was parts of it too, parts of it that I enjoyed, parts of it that I didn't. And don't get me wrong, I love Ryan Reynolds. However, he he's Ryan Reynolds. He's pretty much the same thing in everything he does. Um, I don't know. And we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago, like that whole internet storytelling. It's not my favorite kind of thing to watch, like someone being in a virtual world or an internet world. Um, but there, it definitely, I ended up enjoying it more than I thought I would, but I don't, if I never watch it again, I'd be fine. Yeah, no, I, I could, I could see that perspective. Adam, did you see it at all? How, did you check out Free Guy or? Uh, not yet. Attack on yeah. Titan is taking up too much time. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, listen, you can only commit to one thing, man. It gets rough. Yeah, I, I get I'm, it. I'm getting to it. I get it. Your time is being used wisely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Julie, uh, I don't know what you're watching that I'm not watching, but what do, what do you got going on? I know we, sometimes we watch different things, though. <clears throat> uh, yeah, but not really. <laughs> um, we are almost at the end of a uh, season two of Righteous Gemstones. So that's something we've been kind of like, you know, I'll let maybe two weeks go by and then I catch up on two episodes. Um, so I've been really liking this season. I'm maybe not as much as the first season. It's like about a mega million, you know, mega church corporation. Um, Danny McBride's in it. Um, who Adam Devine, John Goodman. Um, so it's a really good ensemble cast really hits like that. Um, trying to think of the word not stereotypical but just kind of making fun of like those mega churches and how they're preaching all this kindness and goodness but the behind closed doors there it's just insanity and the amount of money that they're making um i have my one favorite character baby billy who's like a what 60 70 year old man <laughs> um, right right it's just it's a good time um i'm curious to see how this season wraps up um you know no, it. no, it's true. It's it's a good show. I really like it a lot. I think, you know, it's one of those, it's a kind of outrageous comedy. It's also serious storytelling. It has a good balance of the two. Surprisingly, you wouldn't think that. Uh, yeah, that's one show we've been watching. I also introduced Julie. We finally started a really long journey, which I don't know if she hates me for or not, where we're going to find out eventually. Uh, we did finally start watching Naruto after like years. Like I've gotten to a point where I've watched it and I think I stopped probably like... After the first half, for those familiar with it, there's, like, two halves to the whole story. There's, like, the Naruto, then there's Shippuden, which is, like, when they're older. Uh, we got... I watched the first half. I never really delved into Shippuden as much, so... Julie started it. Uh, I, I don't know if she wants to kill me or not. The dubbing's really atrocious at times. Uh, we tried to force in a lot of catchphrases early on in Naruto's life uh, life run there with uh, Believe It. I think you should take a shot every time you hear the word Believe It. You'll be dead probably by the first like two episodes but i i think it's fun i think it's a fun you know it's a weird nostalgia capsule as well for being like a 2000s anime where you know i feel like we were transitioning to anime becoming more more serious over here if that makes any sense uh more respected like the dubbing the dubbing is what it is right i mean it's what we're used to with like dragon ball and stuff like that it's nothing too spectacular we're now with attack on titan like adam said i think we have things that are a little more a little more seriously taken now as far as our anime but you know whatever i think it's a good time now another thing and this is going to actually tie right into what i want to talk about 
I finished Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I think everyone here finished Book of Boba Fett. So what I want to do is, before I go into what I got to talk about with this, I want to see what, where everybody stands with it. Uh, John, where are you with Book of Boba Fett? What did you think overall the whole season? If you could like just sum, sum up how you feel for me. I thought it was a good season. I thought it was interesting. I thought like maybe it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but I thought overall it was good. Okay, okay. So overall good from you. All right, not bad. Uh, Julie, where are you feeling with Book of Boba? Um, I I feel like the first half of the season I was kind of mixed. Um, I was definitely intrigued. I loved the Boba Fett character. It was going in directions I didn't think it would be going in. And then I started kind of like dip down with my interest. I mean, doesn't say my I fall asleep pretty much during anything that I watch where I have to kind of rewind a little bit. But I there was like two episodes in a row where I was like hardcore drifting into sleep. So it was like plateauing. It was going down. And then the second The Mandalorian returned, my interest peaked right back up. The storytelling became a lot more engaging. The stakes got higher. But then again, you have to think it it's not Boba Fett's story anymore. We're in Mandalorian territory again. Like, so I'm like, are the things I liked the most about this show, anything to do with Boba Fett or is it more to do with the Mandalorian and Grogu and all of that stuff? Cause the latter half of the season I really enjoyed. Um, but again, I, you could argue it wasn't Boba Fett's show anymore. Um, so right, I don't know. Right. I have a lot, I have a lot of thoughts, but I guess we'll wait until the, discussions open yeah up a little bit more. let's open we'll, we'll get to we'll get we'll get to the finer nitty-gritty now adam what did you think overall uh, as far as this season you know being I, only the second star wars show is it now yeah mandalorian is the yeah. first so this is the second right i completely agree with julie okay okay yeah that, 100 <laughs> i know she took all the talking points like right out of everybody uh so <laughs> book of boba fett right what, what could go wrong right when you initially look at it you take the coolest character from the star wars universe i mean Star Wars so far hasn't been the greatest thing. I think we can all acknowledge that. We've had uh, quite a few missteps. Uh, Mandalorian's been like the highlight, at least for me. I, I really enjoyed Mandalorian. You know, that, again, it has its dips and episodes, but overall, I've enjoyed the experience with Mandalorian. So Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, all right, you know, you're taking the coolest character that we love, giving him a backstory. What could go wrong? Well, apparently a lot of things, I, I, at least in my opinion. You know, I really wanted to like the Book of Boba Fett. I really did. But like Julie pointed out, unless the Mandalorian was on screen, the rest of the story just felt like, why is it here? It felt like over-glorified backstory with really no aim or direction. I think a lot of the season was very, very messy. Uh, Book of but Boba Fett is characterized as one thing throughout the whole entire series. He's the guy who wants money. Right? He's, the, he's a bounty hunter. That's it. So this was an opportunity to give him a backstory. And it's not that I don't like the backstory that they gave him. It's just it, it it didn't work for the character at all. Like, I just didn't think the story made any sense. Suddenly he's going and taking over for Jabba and he wants to be like the head boss, crime boss. But he's not even like a bad guy. He's still like a really good guy. It's just it was too messy for me. Now, Adam, what were some of like the major pitfalls for you this season? Like, obviously... You know, I think I think we all agree that the Mandalorian was really the best part of the show. Like those two, there's two key episodes in particular, which you know we're we're kind of in spoiler territory, I guess, at this point. If you haven't seen it, then sorry. You know, we're gonna talk about it, but it's just like there, there's two key episodes where that, that's what that's what I liked. Anything else was like, why am I watching this almost? And then I think the show kind of knew that to some extent. 
Yeah, the, I mean, just like Julie said, the first part, like the first half of it was just kind of like slow going, like, okay, okay, right. okay. And then as soon as the Mandalorian happens, you know, appears and the whole episode is just dedicated to him. Right, literally. <laughs> it's just crazy that, like, I want to see more of that. And it really goes to show you, like, how, like, powerful the Mandalorian is as, like, a character and yeah. how, like, much of a presence he has now in the universe. Right, right. To the, to the point where they're like, yeah, you know what, let's just dedicate an entire episode to him. Yeah. And then forget about the character that the show was supposed to be about. And that's what it feels like. I felt like I was just watching another episode of The Mandalorian. And yeah. I, the show just is so totally confused with that. Like, I just, there's other issues too I do want to talk about. But I think that's like the biggest one is this felt like, it's weird because like in, in the Mandalorian series, the last season, Boba Fett was kind of like, they kind of created this like backdoor pilot for Boba to happen. And now it's like almost like Boba is like the backdoor pilot for the Mandalorian, but that already exists. And the Mandalorian's just better. And, you know, there's art. And it's weird because I see some people make the argument like, well, we're more familiar with the Mandalorian at this point. We've spent time with him. We've seen him on this journey. But I don't think that's a valid argument because Boba Fett's been in the series since Empire Strikes Back. So what are you telling me? You're just, your story's right. not that compelling. The thing with Boba, it was one of those things like, if you look at his actual screen time in the original trilogy, it's minimal. However, he's a character where his reputation precedes him, where they're like, like Boba Fett, he's here, like, and people are like, holy crap, like, what are we going to do? This is not a good situation. We need to get out of here if he's here. And then, and again, it's, they're trying to show character development and growth, but he just became like goofy at times. Like as someone did like a TikTok and it was a side-by-side -side of him like, oh, well, I'm going to, like, you know, him being a badass, and then it's, like, him teaching the Tuscan, like, how to ride the thing, and he's, like, making this goofy face on the motorbike, and you're, like, this is not the same person. It it just makes no sense. And seeing him, like, almost be, like, a doormat, and you see Fennec trying to be, like, come on, you got to, like, really lay down the fist, and then at the very end, he gave that note, like, there is no offer, like, you know, and you're like, okay, this is the Boba I want, but it took us until the final episode for you to show that you can kind of be a badass. Like, it was just so all over the place where, yeah, we've had more time with the Mandalorian. We've seen him grow and, grow and change. And Kevin and I, we always joke, like, we feel like Mando always kind of gets beat up a little bit in every fight he has. But you expect that from him, but you know that he's still got that, like, inner strength. He still can, you know, take control of the situation. And I feel like they try to apply that to Boba and it just did not work for him. Right. And I think there's a, a really big issue here. So before I get into that now, Adam, are you familiar really with like the expanded Star Wars universe at all? Like Clone Wars, anything like that? Have you ever delved into it really? Or... Yes, I have. Okay. You have. Okay. All right. So that that's good to know. Julie, I know you haven't as far as Clone Wars. Like I, I've told you things, but that's only because, you know, I, I can fill you in. Now, John, I think I know the answer, but now do you know much about the expanded Star Wars universe? Hell no. Hell no. Okay, I like that. I, I appreciate your gusto there. All right. It's, you know, so my thing is now, John, when there's characters introduced, like a, a certain bounty hunter who's introduced later on, how did you feel about that? I didn't know who the heck it was. Now, Adam, how did you feel about that? Cad Bane is badass. <laughs> right. So now do we see that we have literally a divide right here in our little meeting now because yeah. so, some people knew who it was and some people are like, who the hell is that? So 
well, what does the series end up being for? You're creating another divide. It's right. it's fan servicing us hardcore fans, which I appreciate. Don't get me wrong. I think more movies should do that. But then you also alienate some of the other ones because they don't even know who the hell that is. So you're kind of losing your impact when just some random blue guy shows up on the screen. But to me and Adam, it's like, oh my God, that's one of the most badass bounty hunters on the face of the planet. I can't wait to see him. There's a divide there, right? There's automatically a divide. And with no context, I think you do alienate some of your audience, which, you know, it's interesting to see Star Wars start to do that because especially in the latter half of the season, we're talking about how he's just training the Tusken Raiders. They kind of pull like a Dances with Wolves situation. That's really what that was. Let's be honest. He just said, hey, I like Dances with Wolves. Let's put that in Boba Fett. Whatever. Okay, fine. Then he's like, oh, crap. I, I gotta, I gotta, we're going to lose people. I need to do something. Here's the big guns. Here we go. I'm going to throw out all these characters from the expanded universe. Here's Luke Skywalker for all the old people. You know, it's like, you can tell, like, he did, it wasn't working, the story. So he had to throw out all these crazy huge hooks to try and keep people in. And to me, that doesn't work. Nostalgia used in that way. Um, it is forwarding a story. It's only forwarding the story of the Mandalorian, ironically. Boba Fett just kind of remained stagnant throughout the whole thing. But... To me, it just it felt kind of soulless at that point, uh, even more soulless than you know Luke Skywalker's voice. <laughs> I'm curious how you and Adam feel, like because I didn't know much about Cad Bane, but when he appeared, he had a presence about him where you're like, oh no, this is bad. This is really bad. So I'm curious, like with the two of you having that connection to him from the extended universe, like. Do you feel like you wish you had more time with him, though? Because, like, you see him at the end of that episode. He does my boy Cobb Vanth dirty. Um, and then he comes back, and then he's gone. He's done. Um, and, I, I mean, an awesome standoff between him and Boba. But do you wish maybe he had been introduced earlier in the season? And then he was kind of like that over-looming threat that whole time? Or did it make more of an impact him coming in at, like, the very end? Yeah, I wanted him more. How about you, Adam? I kind of wanted him like a lot more into the story. <laughs> the devastation I felt <laughs> on the last episode. I would have loved even like, I just give me more. I would have loved more from him. Well, He's so cool. Right. And it's interesting because there's the Lost Clone Wars episode that was never made where we actually right. got the connection between Boba and Cobb Bane. We actually got to mm-hmm. see their connection where he dents Boba Fett's helmet and yep. there's the whole thing. Why not create that in some resemblance in this story? Maybe that story would have been more interesting versus this Tusken Raider story, which I don't think was terrible. I think it's fine. You know, it, it's fine. It's, but Star Wars shouldn't be fine to a lot of people. And I'm actually one of those people that believe that I shouldn't have. When I see the word Star Wars, the word fine shouldn't be included. It should always be Star Wars is excellent. It should be like the epitome of what I'm going to watch as far as sci-fi. Because you have these worlds that are so creative and illustrious. And Boba Fett just does not do that. Uh, again, the Tusken Raiders, I think it could have been so much more with Cod Bane. Just if you built that connection, like that story that they told about how they're connected and made that the through line throughout the entire episode, maybe Cod Bane was hired to kill Boba and there's like a back and forth between the two on the planet and we get some backstory between them and see how Boba Fett was raised. That's more interesting. That's more character building, developing a character that for most part, generic audiences know nothing about like John, do you, what do you know about Boba Fett besides he looks cool? That's pretty much it. And then <laughs> that he was a hunter. Yeah, he's a bounty hunter. Now, he, yeah. He had five seconds in the film that he was in. That was about it. Right. And what did you... Now, did you have a stronger connection more with the Mandalorian scenes? Was that stuff that you enjoyed a lot more? 
Yeah, I enjoyed the Mandalorian scenes, but I also also like comparing this just to Mandalorian too. Okay. I feel like in the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian also had Grogu, which everybody fell in love with too. So he had like like a yin to his yang, and Boba Fett's kind of just by himself in this. So it's kind of like he doesn't really have like a partner per se that people fell in love with too. Well, I like Fennec, but I, I make the argument where, you know, she's not a great partner because they're both kind of static characters. You know, I need to see... With Boba, it's interesting because he's a static character who never had... Like, they say he went this, like, huge change, but because we never had, like, an establishment of where he was as a character initially, his change doesn't really mean much to me. You know, I just know he was a bounty hunter, and now I see him as another character. But me seeing him as this character, if that makes any sense, is me seeing him for the first time. So that previous context of being a badass doesn't really exist to me, you know? And I, I think that has a lot to say for a lot of audiences. Uh, Book of Boba, it, it could have been better, you know? I, at the bottom line, I think it could have been a lot better. Uh, the other thing, which it'll tie into something we're going to talk about shortly, is we see the revolving door of directors coming in again. Now, does anyone think that had something to do with the tone? Uh, Adam, we saw Robert Rodriguez come in and do a few episodes. Uh, there's a famous uh, joke on the internet now with this where the guy does a spin and he shoots his gun. And it's like, why mm. is he spinning and shooting? Yeah. That made no sense. Uh, do you think that hurt the tone? Because Robert Rodriguez, is he's a good director. You know, we've seen him do like the Machete series, uh, Spy mm. Kids, which we, we've talked about. <laughs> um, you know, if you love it or hate it, whatever. Do you think that hurt the tone when you have so many different directors coming in and out with the show? Because I do feel a sense of that impacting it just just a tad bit. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, especially with, with the uh, the newer Star Wars trilogy suffered from the same thing. Right, right. You know, it had such an impact where the story was just all over the place where it happens the same exact way with Book Boba Fett, I feel. Yeah, and especially I think with the way Manda, or I'm just gonna see. I'm even saying I, I kept saying joking with Julie when we were watching. I like, go, oh, Mandalorians. I'm just like, no, it's book up Boba Fett. I'm like, oh well, <laughs> well, excuse me, I couldn't tell you the difference really at some point. Um, but yeah, I just I think like some of the the more comedic moments, like especially some of the weird Boba Fett sensitivity moments, like with the Rancor and like him being like, oh, you little cutie, you little cutie boy. That was cute, though. I will say, I'll I'll, I'll give that one a pass. Yeah, it's cute, like, but it right, makes no sense. This is the one time he could be a big softy. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was adorable. I know, I know, but it is what it is. I think there is an influence on there, though. I think Robert Rodriguez. I do love him. I think he's a really great director. Uh, do I want to see him direct multiple episodes? You know, of a Star Wars project. Uh, you know, well, that, that remains to be seen, especially when you have another tone going on. Uh, last thing, and then we're gonna drop Book of Boba, and we're gonna move on. Uh, I wonder what's gonna happen next. You know, I think it's interesting. I like how we did get to see Luke Skywalker in the series. Uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, what are everyone's thoughts on the, the whole process of him? Now, he was de-aged. He looked good, in my opinion. I think he actually looked really good. The voice is the problem, like I alluded to earlier. What are some thoughts on the... That wasn't Mark Hamill. That was just lines of his dialogue being used and edited together. Uh, what are What is everyone's thoughts on that? It wasn't great, um, but I'm trying to, like, justify it. Like, if you think back to, um, what, Return of the Jedi, when he, like, goes into Jabba's, you know, lair, and he does speak like that in that very, like, you know, tight, it's just like, this is what it is. Like, he's very stoic, almost monotone in a way to show his seriousness as a Jedi. Um, but it, it was off. 
for sure. Julie trying to be a Star Wars like forgiveness here. She's like, oh well, you know, I'm it's kind of how we talk. Well, the only, you know, I'm just the only thing I for- well, I mean, Grogu was in all of those scenes, so that's really the only reason I liked that part. But ladies you know. and gentlemen, marketing does not work on anyone. Just so you know, <laughs> we, we we do not see that working at all. You know, God forbid. Uh, Adam, what did what did you think of the Luke Skywalker inclusion? Any kind of thoughts? You know, as far I as mean, you. Yeah, it was cool to see him. He just sounded like, you know, emotionless. <laughs> yeah, which is robotic. Yeah, which I, I guess maybe if you want to be a, def- you know, a, a purist defendist here, you know, I guess Jedis are supposed to be kind of stoic characters. Not so mm-hmm. too much of those. Ah, whatever. That's not my Luke Skywalker. Uh, Hashtag yeah. not my Luke Skywalker. Gonna start that trend. And uh, John, what did you think? Did, did you notice it at all? Or because some people I saw didn't notice it. And I'm like, how could you not? I felt like it was kind of there. <laughs> No, I didn't really pay attention to it, to be honest. <laughs> well, there you go. See the casual. I like that. That's why you got to appreciate it sometimes. Sometimes we're award looking for stuff. We're going to find it. Um, you know, I, I the Mandalorian, it's funny because now I'm excited for the next season of Mandalorian. Uh, I, I kind of hope we could, don't go back to Boba Fett. Maybe like a callback here or there would be fine. Uh, but as far as like visiting that universe, I think I'm done. Uh, the irony is the next series is Kenobi. At this point, uh, we're still on Tatooine, which apparently Disney loves Tatooine. They love the sand. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing some of the other more like grass is greener or like cityscapes of the Star Wars universe. They're more expensive, but, you know, I don't want to see sand anymore. I'm kind of over that. Uh, but Kenobi, I'll give it a chance. You got Ewan McGregor coming back, which is probably one of the best things from the prequel trilogies, especially for, you know, those fans. Um, I think there's going to be something there, so I can't wait to see. Uh, bottom line, I just want to go across, run across real quick. What's everyone's grade? Uh, Adam, if you had to give it a grade, what would you give Book of Boba Fett? And would you recommend people check it out? Um, I'd probably give it a B minus. Okay. And yes, you should check it out. I mean, I still enjoyed my time with it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, dislike it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish that uh, it had come out before the original trill, or I'm sorry, the new trilogy. Right. This way, it could have set up some maybe new things that you know. But I mean, I guess it is what it is yeah. at this point. Timing's, but, timing's a B, right? Timing's a B yeah. at that point. I, I agree with you, though. Uh, Julie, yeah. where do you uh, stand with this one, if you want to give it a grade and a recommend? Um, I guess I'll go a little higher, just a B. Um, you know, the Mandalorian stuff in Boba Fett was amazing. The Grogu uh, appearances. Um, I'd like to maybe see where it goes. You know, it's definitely this era of Star Wars now with the television shows is so much more engaging. Like, you know, as mixed as we are on Book of Boba Fett, I would rather rewatch this series like 10 times over going back to that more recent trilogy. Um, there was cool elements there. I'm excited. There's hope for my Cobb fan. Um, so we'll see. I'll give it just a flat B. You should check it out. Okay, reasonable. John, how about you? Where you stand with this one? What are you thinking? I'll give it a B. Okay. And I recommend? What do you think? People should check it out? Should they skip it? What do you think? Well, yeah, they should... Definitely check it out. Get their own opinions on things. Yeah, don't listen to us. That's the point, right? <laughs> I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the guy that everyone's not gonna like. I'm gonna give it a C plus. I'm actually gonna be the lower guy. I know. Sorry, sorry. It is what it is. I think it's a good time. I think there's fun to be had. Uh, it just wasn't my Boba Fett. You know, I, I feel like I say that a lot, and maybe it is nostalgia talking to some extent, but I don't think it was for me. I think. I really only cared when the Mandalorian was on screen and this just felt like just like, a, you know, just 
a blo- like a block, right? It just felt like a little segue off the Mandalorian universe till we get to the next Mandalorian thing. And, you know, hopefully Kenobi's not like that. Hopefully we don't, I mean, I don't think so. Timeline-wise, they shouldn't align that way. Uh, I'm hoping that really isn't the case, though. I, I don't think we should, you know, if you're going to make a show like this and have a tie-in, that's fine. But don't make your tie-in more interesting than the actual show that you're giving us. That's my bottom line on that. You know, that's where I stand. Uh, going into other things. So streaming services are bringing us tons of things. We've gotten so many different projects lately. Uh, Paramount Plus seems like they're kind of jumping back into the whole, uh, you know, giving us new content. And I want to see what people thought. Now, did you guys go through the list of the Paramount Plus announcements? Was there anything that you saw that was exciting? Uh, We did talk about Halo, Adam, as we called. Uh, We were not impressed with the trailer. Uh, Fun fact, there was another recording prior to this, and it kind of got wonky, so we didn't use it. But... We did discuss Halo, and that we talked about not liking the Halo trailer. Uh, unfortunately, Adam, it looks like a season two is announced for Halo already. So hopefully, it's really good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still torn. Like I, I'm probably <laughs> gonna try and check it out at some point, but I mean, I don't know. It's not Halo. <laughs> no, it ain't Halo. It ain't it. Ain't my Halo. It ain't my Star Wars. It ain't my Halo. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like an old man. I seriously, I feel like it, and I'm sorry if I feel if I sound that way. Uh, there was some other stuff I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Uh, for if there's any Beast War fans out there, I know uh, Adam's not in his head like it's gonna fall off his his neck. Uh, John, I know you're a Beast Wars fan. Remember from our childhood days? Have our little Transformer toys. God, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. The good old days. Yeah, the good old days, right? The good old days. We're getting uh, a new a series, I guess, relatively based on that. So that should be kind of cool. Uh, but also a new animated series. Okay, I guess that's fine. Uh, Sonic is like a huge thing for Paramount, apparently. Uh, which, you know, I thought the glad we, me and John talked about this early on when we first started the channel. That was one of our big, like, debates there where he got mad that I gave Sonic such a high score. Uh, I thought Sonic was great. I really had a really good time with that movie. I thought it was a great family film. Uh, good for the adults, good for the kids, you know, good in unison. I think if you like Sonic, you, you couldn't be disappointed. Uh, looks like they're keeping up the trend with Knuckles. Uh, in the new movie, the Sonic 2 movie. And then we're also getting some spin-off series with Knuckles and uh, a couple other things, a couple other animated series, which I'm noticing a trend with all these Paramount Plus announcements. Uh, I don't know if I like it, and I want that's the main thing I really want to gauge here. There was a couple other things, like Quiet Place is getting a sequel, um, I think a part three, um, a SpongeBob, more spin-offs, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Seth Rogen sounds like Nightmare, and I don't know what that's going to be, but... I'll probably check it out just to see how terrible it is. But again, they're getting like all these spinoffs. They're getting a villain-driven spinoff animated series. What do you guys think of this? You know, it's like anything that Disney or Marvel does or or the adjacent of at that point, everyone copies and everyone tries to do the same thing. They see like WandaVision or something make news headlines or money. They got to do the same thing. What are your guys' thoughts on all these spinoff things, projects happening? Is it good for the society? Is it bad for originality? What do, what do you guys think? Uh, Julie, where do you stand kind of with this stuff? Because we've talked about it in depth a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, even just kind of like going through quickly, like the stuff that Paramount has coming out, like I personally am not interested in any of it. Maybe some of the sequel movies, but again, like that's, it's been a long conversation in Hollywood the past couple of years. It's like, there's nothing original anymore. And then when you do get it, something original like The Quiet Place, now you have two more sequels coming after it. Like, where that was a great standalone movie. I wasn't a huge fan of the second one. Um, 
it's, I just want to see some new things. Um, or if it is going to be a spinoff, like if we're, you know, connecting it to the Mandalorian, it was a brand new character in a universe that we already knew. So like, I'm okay with that. I don't want to see, Oh, look at this character in this situation. Now, you know, give me something new. It, if it's going to be connected to something we already know, just give, make a new character in a new environment, something fresh and exciting. I mean, I can be hypocritical. I was happy with some of the revivals that I had recently. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I would just like to see some new content. Right. I agree. Now, Adam, what, what do you think? Because we, we've, again, we've, it's again something we've all discussed before. You know, is it, it's not necessarily bad, in my opinion, to give the fans of a, a franchise more to love. Right. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But do you think it's oversaturating at this point? Yeah, because it seems like everybody's trying to get, you know, their own Marvel or their own Star Wars. Expanded and it's universe. like, yeah, they're, you know, the bar and everybody's trying to get up there. Like, I'm not really interested in some sort of, you know, huge Transformers series. Right. Like, I mean, Transformers is great. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's not going to ever get to that bar that, you know, Marvel and Star Wars are at. You don't want an Optimus Prime like spinoff series about how he was a young robot on the universe, and you know, again, you know, I'm just being facetious here, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it's give me a huge crossover with all the Optimus Prime from all the different uh, generations. You know what? I'll pay for the that rumor. It was always rumored a long time ago the GI Joe Transformers crossover. Yeah, I pay, I pay money for that. I, I, hell yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I check it out. I mean, I only like Snake Eyes. I don't really know any of the other GI Joes. That's bad. Whatever. All right, now I'm gonna get roasted for that. Uh, what about you, John? You're you're a big you. You don't like Sonic at all. You didn't really care for Sonic that much. So, what what are your thoughts on these spinoffs? Do you like having all these spinoffs for things, or what do you think? No, I think they're terrible. I think <laughs> <clears throat> it comes down to nobody has any original things coming out their their brains now, so they're trying to use like we were talking about before too with um, Jurassic Park. They just try to beat try to beat a name all the way till it's dead, and then once the money runs out, then they stop doing it. But until money, until people stop going to see these things, I don't think they're going to stop doing it. Yeah, I think that's the big problem that we have here. If we're going to be honest, uh, it's funny because when I looked at the list of things that were announced, the only thing that was there was one original title announced in the whole Paramount Plus listing of things was Babylon, which was a Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie movie. Uh, it's from the director of La La Land and Whiplash, which two awesome movies, if, if in case you're curious to check them out. But we had one original movie in this giant announcement. What does that tell you? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, nerd culture's kind of inherited the world to some extent, but, you know, you can only feed us so much nostalgia. A fun argument, if you really want to think about this, and this is just like a question maybe to ask yourself when you're like looking at all these properties, is like kids now are seeing our nostalgia, right? So what's going to be their nostalgia? Right? They're not going to have any. It's going to, nostalgia is going to be in an endless cycle. There's going to be no new nostalgia created because it's so based on the stuff that we loved, which to some extent, that's cool. We can share it with them, but there's nothing new being created for these younger audiences, even older, older audiences. You know, we're seeing the same things over and over again. You know, when you talk to a casual viewer, you're like, oh, did you see the new whatever uh, Top Gun movie? 
Top Gun's the oldest. Like, no more. Like, stop. Come on. No more. We don't need that. We, we don't need to go on anymore. And I know that'll get me roasted probably by some people for saying that, but we don't need anymore. It's okay to make new ideas or, you know, I don't need the next generation. We see that that's always been a cliche in television. The next generation. Uh, Degrassi is a famous, is a funny one for that, where they keep rebooting the series over and over again with new people. Not that I watched Degrassi. Someone, someone here does. I wonder if you can figure out who it is. It's definitely John. Um, Baby, there's a shark <laughs> in the water. Oh God, I don't know more. Took over a whole summer of my life. That oh. that that specific season, on that on a loop, that commercial. Oh my God. Right, and I, I don't know. That's enough for me at this point. I I think we need to move on from some of these franchises. It's cool to see new things. Man, I'll give Halo a chance and stuff like that. Not because I like Halo, but because it is something a little bit newer. Let's see what they can do with it. But. To make like a movie and then have five spin-off television series about it and you know have to consume all this media, which is, is what the machine wants at the end of the day. They want you to consume as much as their media platform as possible. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Just you know, some things to think about. If you're interested in any of those, hopefully, you know, it's something you're looking forward to. Let us know in the comments what you're looking for with that Paramount Plus announcement. Uh, but I think it's time for us to move on. Um, a couple other things that came up this week. Uh, now, now, is anyone watching Peacemaker? at all has anyone checked it out i know julie and me have adam hasn't john have you checked out peacemaker at all yet it's oh. so good yeah, it's so good i know that's another what we were watching we probably should have talked about but uh peacemaker has been phenomenal i think it's probably one of the best dc projects i've seen in a long time which doesn't really say much you know let's be honest here dc's kind of been lackluster with a lot of things um especially as a dc fanboy like myself you know that, that should be saying something but Peacemaker's been phenomenal. Uh, the opening has been amazing. Now, have you guys seen the opening credits of the show at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely seen that. I have intentions to watch it at some point. But yeah, yes, we, I have seen that. Right, so we, we won't talk about spoilers or anything, but I have to say that is the first show I've come across where I will not skip the intro, <laughs> no matter what. I just can't. The deadpan delivery of that dance, seeing John Cena... This giant-ass man doing this dance, and everyone's just so stoic. I just can't handle it, honestly. That's the best part of it, is just their expressionless faces <laughs> doing this ridiculous dance. I want to learn it so bad. No, it's phenomenal. And it's fun. If you actually go on James Gunn, I follow him on Twitter, which I, I do recommend is worth a follow. He actually um, retweeted uh, the dance moves. For Peacemaker. I just thought that was kind of fun. You know, so if someone's looking for something kind of silly just to check out, I thought that was kind of fun because when you watch the dance, you're like, I wonder how you do it. Not that I'm going to do it. So sorry, Internet. You're not going to see that. But uh, I know Adam's really disappointed. I know. I'm sorry. I try. You know, I try to make everyone happy. I can only do so much. Um, that's, that's just not going to happen. But I don't know. Fun thing, guys. You should check it out. I thought that was really cool. Uh, other news we had was uh, Oscar season, ladies and gentlemen. Oscar season is upon us. Uh, I know we're all super excited here. Woo, Oscar party. Woo, yeah, all right. Uh, there's been a lot of things. Um, now, I, what I want to talk about is I think there were some snubs in this category. I think there were some snubs. I'm not going to go through all the, you know, all the award winners, nominees, everything like that. Um, one of the big ones for me was Dune. Uh, Dune got nominated for Best Picture, which is great. Thank God. But didn't get Best Director. That's so strange to me. I just I feel like that doesn't work in my my brain, my lizard brain here just doesn't work. You know I can't connect the two. Like why those things aren't connected? 
Um, now, were there any movies that you guys felt like got snubbed this year as far as out of categories? Uh, throughout the next couple couple weeks, we'll probably be talking more in depth about some of these Oscar movies. Uh, but right off the bat, was there anything you felt got snubbed? Uh, Adam, was there anything that you saw this year that wasn't included or maybe got ignored or, you know? I mean, a lot of people said Spider-Man, which I don't agree with. I don't think Spider-Man should have been on here as best picture, at least. Uh, maybe special visual effects, I could see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, and it, I did, think... it did get nominated oh, in that category. It did. So, see, I'm wrong. So, there you go. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So, it did get nominated for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't usually enjoy a lot of the Oscars movies. Right. For, for the most part. I don't know. They're usually just random movies that I've never heard of or something. Right. Um. So, for the most part, I, it's kind of what I expected, I okay. guess. So. But you saw Dune, right? I know yes. you did, and you you like Dune. Was that would that be yes. your pick? I guess out of what you've seen, I guess. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just scared. I mean, I know I'm by. I love Dune. Dune was my. If we I, yeah, I enjoyed it. We didn't do a we didn't do a list this year, but uh, Dune was probably my number one movie of the year. I, I'd mm-hmm. have to say, finally, I think it was. Uh, but best picture, just real quick, was Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, uh, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Uh, these are all things I kind of expected to be there. You know, there's always like a movie that comes out like, all right, well, I get why that's there. Uh, like Belfast is kind of there. Julie, right? We know why Belfast is kind of there. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh makes a movie. I guess he's going to show up. It's one of those things, you know, King Richard. Okay, Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, King Richard. Uh, Will Smith made a movie. God, we need to make sure, give him something. Nightmare Alley kind of surprised me. I thought that movie was it was decent. I don't think it's bad, but it's not Del Toro's best. Surprised it kind of showed up on there. I guess he's kind of one of the Oscar people now. Uh, Power of the Dog, Benedict Cumberpatch, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. Come on. I mean, Steven Spielberg makes a movie. You have to nominate it. Is that, is that the rule, usually? Unless it's Ready Player One, then we can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Which we probably shouldn't for good reasons. Um, now, John, I know... How many of these movies have you seen? Did you see Dune? I don't think you even watched Dune, did you? No, I haven't seen Dune or Spider-Man or... You know what we're going to do? We're going to put John on the Oscar watch list. I think I've seen one list. of these movies. We're going to put... No, we're going to... I'm going to put John on the Oscar <clears throat> watch list. And he's going to watch all the Oscar Best Picture movies. And every week, he's going to come back and tell me what he thought of each one. That's that's going to be your new project for you. That's oh, good. Because <laughs> I need to know. I need to know what you think. Because... I think I feel like I go into a lot of these movies expecting one thing and I get something else. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's interesting. There's always that big discussion, art versus, you know, what people actually think is like the best movie. And, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Oscars. We'll, we'll talk more about it once we watch some more of the movies. Um, but, you know, that's just something to, to keep an eye on. You know, maybe watch some of these titles, get some more information on them. I mean, I will say as far as Oscar movies go, this is probably the first year in a long while where I actually like have heard of those movies and was like kind of intrigued about watching them. Like Coda, I really have been wanting to watch. Um, West Side Story, I've heard is phenomenal. King Richard, like I'm not rushing to see it, but it's something that most of the time you look at the list and you're like, oh, I'm never going to watch that. Those seem too like heavy. You have to be in a certain mood for it. But for the most part, like I have heard of these titles and I am in- interested in watching them. So that doesn't really happen often with me with Oscar films. So I do want to try and watch as many of them as I can. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do want to try this year. And once we maybe get a little more educated on some of the titles, maybe we'll have like a more bigger discussion about what we think. And once we get closer to the actual date of the Oscars, maybe we can have that discussion. Uh, but right now, you know, a lot of it's pen- a lot of it's hard to watch, to be honest. Like some of it's not even out yet. Uh, I think some of them are only on like streaming services. Or I usually wait for the physical release being the old man that I am. You know, I can't, I can't do the digital thing the kids do nowadays. I've got to own that disc, got my hard copy. Sorry, it's what I do. Uh, but we'll come. We'll revisit it in the future. I just want to make everyone aware Oscar season's coming, so get ready for some Oscar stuff. Uh, now let's talk about what everyone loves: trailers. We all love trailers. We talk about the new stuff that's coming out. The first trailer we want to talk about, and I think this one's going to be a big one. There's two big ones really in this, and there's a couple other things we should talk about. But the, one of the biggest ones was Doctor Strange Two. We finally got a huge look at that trailer. Now. The conversation I want to have is interesting because there's two camps with this. Kind of like Book of Boba Fett. It kind of ties back to that. If you're well-versed in Marvel lore, I think you're going to see some things that other people aren't going to talk about. Uh, Me and Adam actually had a conversation about this a little while back when it first aired. And there were some things I noticed that he didn't notice. And I didn't want to say that because it could ruin the experience for him. So what are your thoughts, Adam? Now, give me your thoughts on the trailer I know you're dodging spoilers. Like you're gonna mute Doctor Strange on your on your timeline. Oh yeah, no, that, that's already done. That's already <laughs> done. Everything is muted. I, I don't. This time I'm like, because I got something spoiled for uh, No Way Home. Right. So this time I'm happened like, to me in the bathroom going to see No Way Home. Literally with the go pee oh. before the movie, and someone's like, "Well, this character shows up." Are you yeah. kidding me? Are you really? Kidding yeah. me? Really, you're in the bathroom. Like that's the most cliche place to spoil it for someone. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, continue. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So this time, yeah, everything's going. I'm going in with as little knowledge as possible. I'm just going yeah. off of you know the trailer. Um, I thought the trailer was great. I really enjoyed yeah. it, and I am so stoked to see what happens. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's a lot of things there for fans. Like if you're a fan of the comics, I think you're gonna have some idea of what's coming. It might not be the same. Marvel's proven to subvert expectations with that in the past, but it's it's big. It's big. Uh, you know, now, John, what did you think? We saw some as, you know, you love the Marvel movies as well. Did, did you like the first Doctor Strange, John? Was that one of your, did, I was actually one of my more favorite movies, actually, out of the Marvel universe. Yeah, I enjoyed the Doctor Strange. I thought it was, especially the first one really got, like, I felt like it was different than all the rest of the Marvel movies. Yeah, it had a different had style. Like a, yeah. Yeah, it was unique. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? What do you think, you know, as far as this trailer? Are you look excited for it? You know, maybe more than any other Marvel or not as much? What do you think? No, I'm excited for this one. Um, it definitely looks good and interesting and unique, I think, too. Yeah, I think... But I'm, def- I'm definitely the guy that goes into the bathroom and spoils the movie before you watch it. <laughs> yeah, he is that guy. I'm not going to lie to you. He, he, no, I don't even want to talk about it. Get me, get me fired up. Get me fired up, guys. All right. Uh, I think Sam Raimi's a great choice as director. Sam Raimi's a weird guy. Let's just be realistic. Uh, original Spider-Man trilogy is great. Uh, there's some weird stuff when you really look at it, but even that uh, Evil Dead, you know, Adam, Evil Dead love over there. That's right. Uh, Sam Raimi's the best guy. To, literally, when you say Multiverse of Madness and I hear Sam Raimi's involved, you got me signed up immediately. Uh, just, just having that man that knows how to, you know, jog that line between insanity and horror and like this movie really feels scary at times i think there's going to be i don't think it's going to be full-blown horror i don't want anyone to think that but i think it's definitely going to lean more on the more unsettling parts of the marvel universe which we haven't yet explored uh julie what do you what do you think as far as this are you super excited 
Uh, what do you think of the multiverse aspect of it? We're going to get... Who knows what we're getting? Again, we're not going to spoil anything. We're going to keep it very generic here. Uh, but there's a lot of characters from past things that may be coming up, and we're going to see what happens. I'm excited. What do you think? Yeah, I think this movie is going to be absolutely insane. Um, I'm really... I mean, if No Way Home was just like a small glimpse into that, and the amount of callback characters we got in that movie alone, like, I have... I. I'm excited. I'm hoping to go into it blind um, and be, you know, genuinely surprised by the people that make appearances in this movie. Um, you know, people have even been talking. We don't know, like, you know, with that Sam Raimi connection, if some people might be making repeat appearances. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, I do like how different the Doctor Strange movies well, I can only speak for the first one since that's the only one that's out, but I do like how different that is to the typical Mar Marvel formula and style. Um, and then, you know, if we're looking at the first one, this one's going to be even more insane. Um, I do need to finish watching Marvel's What If, because I know that actually does have like a tie in to this. Um, yeah, we do. So I'm very, I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I, we didn't finish What If. I'm not going to lie to you. I just kind of, I started it and I'm like, eh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it had some good episodes. I think the Doctor Strange stuff seems to be the most compelling, ironically. So I guess it worked out in the end. Uh, and that also ties, like we say, it kind of ties into Book of Boba, too. We've got a lot of ties here, guys. We're getting these spinoff things. Like, is there going to be a barrier to entry for the enjoyment of this movie? Uh, I think if you didn't watch What If and you see this evil Doctor Strange guy in the movie, that's going to that's gonna be confusing, right? If you don't have context for that. Adam, do you think that's confusing for the normal audience? Yeah, I uh, I actually, when I first saw the trailer, I thought to myself, is there going to be a point where, like, you can't get into the Marvel Universe yeah. without seeing everything else? Right. Because there's so much. There is. I mean, if you don't watch every show, you're, you're lost. Right. I yeah, think. there's all, everything's got, like, you know, at least a little nugget of information that's going, that you're going to see three movies down the line. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people, there's a relation here between comic books and movies, ironically, and comic books suffer the same, ta same fate, ultimately, in my opinion, where we see their universes get so convoluted, especially when you add in these multiverse aspects to your story where you're pulling from different timelines and there's five different Spider-Men and, you know, it's cool. It's fun. It's rewarding for people that know about it, but a casual fan just going to watch this movie, like who the hell are all these people? You know what I mean? Like, what? Who's the, who's the Spider-Man? Who's this character? It 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 becomes a disservice, and a lot of the times you see it in comic books. Uh, DC is a good example, which is more recent. Was the New Fifty Two series for DC, where they took fifty two series of DC comics and they rebooted them completely, saying, "All right, forget the past lore. We're going to start all over again, and we're going to tell a new, you know, a, a familiar but new story." It, you have to do that at some point, and Marvel might be approaching that. I thought that was going to happen maybe after the whole Thanos, you know, Avengers Endgame. Felt like a bookend to the series. Little do I know, it seems like we're kind of going in the opposite direction. It seems like they're embracing more of that extended universe. But I wonder if it's just going to be overload. Uh, John, do you feel like it's overload for you? Now, you don't have as much time to dedicate, you know, to all these different series, which is reasonable. I mean, I don't even have all this time. I didn't even finish What If. Um, and I wasn't really compelled to do so. But because of this new movie, I feel like I have to. What do you think? Do you think that's too much of a barrier for people? I think it's a big barrier. Plus, I think that it becomes almost um, like too much work to go into watching a movie, too. Like, before you see this movie, you have to go watch, say, 
six other movies and another series to understand everything that's going on in a movie, and then you have to explain it to somebody else too right. before they go into the movie, and it's like becomes almost like work to do instead of just going in there enjoying a movie. But like, I also see it from the other point of view where people like that because it makes them think like, hey. They're thinking about us, the people who have been fans for a long time, too. So I could see it both ways, though. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny because I know Julie had a good example, actually, where a colleague she worked with actually said, like, okay, what Spider-Man movies do I have to watch before I go see the new one? I said all of them. That shouldn't be a thing, though, almost, right? Because like that, I feel like, you know, if you're just watching the new main Spider-Man trilogy, that should be enough. But someone's kind of it's a daunting test. I think that turns a lot of people off from watching these Marvel movies where it's just so much you have to invest in. Uh, you can't just like Marvel. You have to live and breathe Marvel in order to understand what's going on half the time. And even truly, if you think about it for No Way Home, you have to watch the original Spider-Man. Tri- you don't have to. The original you Spider-Man should, trilogy, the amazing Spider-Man, those two movies, all of Tom Holland's movies and if you really want to get the full picture, at least some of Daredevil. Oof. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I it's mean, true. It's true. Um, and, and Doctor Strange. Like, and Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange. Yeah, like, who the right. hell is Doctor Strange? And there's you, questions. You really have to commit to all of it. Because even Tom Holland, his first appearance was in Civil War. Not even his own movie. You know what I mean? Like, you have to watch everything at this point. Even my dad, he's like, he's finally kind of caught up with the Marvel Universe. But like, he was getting to the point where he had to watch maybe Endgame and like, oh, well, you have to make sure you watch this and this and don't forget this person's movie and that person's movie. And you might want to watch this show. Like, it's crazy. So I feel like they've already hit that point. I mean, I, you know, most of us, in, you know, all of us in the chat, really, we watch this stuff anyways. So it's not as much of a hassle for us. But someone who's like, all right, I want to get on in on this, you know, this cultural phenomenon. You have a lot of homework to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot more. It's a big investment, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I wonder what Disney's focus is. You know, I think they always want to bring in new fans. But at the same time, I think they're starting to slowly realize that they do have a core audience that they need to treat and cultivate because they're the ones spending the money. Uh, Star Wars is a good example. I think we're starting to see that, which I, I know I'm backtracking back to it again. Book of Boba Fett. I think they realize like. All right, maybe some of the newer ideas that we had aren't working out and the crowds we're trying to play to aren't necessarily going to buy our merchandise, aren't going to spend the money to, to invest in all of our properties. Uh, but maybe if we milk the, the core universe, we're going to get something more out of it. So that could be their strategy. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting to see what they do going forward, though. Speaking of nostalgia, Jurassic World's back. Is everyone really happy about it? Yeah, like super ecstatic, like, oh my god, Jurassic World, woo! That looked bad, right? I, I don't know about you guys, I, I felt like that was pretty terrible. I, I don't know. Uh, Adam, what are we thinking? Not good? Eh, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, I don't know, it didn't get me excited. It's just like, oh, great, no, another Jurassic World. And it's funny, because you, th- you think it was like a big, like, huge announcement, like, the Jurassic World Dominion trailers here, and it's like... Yeah, it's like a fart in the I mean, wind. yeah, that's what they were going for, especially yeah. with, you know, the callback to previous characters and being in the trailer. They're like, whoa, but I don't know. I didn't really. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. Now, John, we, we, we looked at all the Jurassic Park movies, as you can recall, way back when we first started this venture here. Uh, you know, we had, we had some thoughts. You know, it's pretty much what I think what most people think. The original first one's the best. And then we kind of have like a mediocre to terrible ride throughout the rest. 
Um, what did you think? Was there anything that looked appealing to you in this movie? I mean, Chris Pratt's back. Woo! Chris Pratt rules the world now, apparently, with every... You know, he's the voice of Garfield. Gotta have him, you know? Voice of Mario. Gotta have all these projects. Oh, boy. The only thing that gets me excited is that we're finally gonna have an end to, hopefully, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I think... Will yeah. finally be closed. Hopefully, it's not even a park anymore. Don't, it's a don't world. hold your breath. Yeah, don't hold your breath, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I love dinosaurs as much as the nice guy. Next guy. Um, I think the the feathered dinosaurs were cool. We're finally gonna see like those. Uh, I, th- I think that's probably like the most appealing part to me is we never really got to see like maybe quote unquote true dinosaurs as far as evolution with the the feathers and that's cool. You know, is it a good movie? Probably not. You know. I don't know why, like, they're one in Rome, right? Is that what's going on there? They're, like, he's riding a motorbike through Rome. That's what I don't understand. They were in, what, North America, somewhere in North America, when they all got loose, and now they're all over the world. I mean, you know, I guess the last movie, there were those rich people who were trying to buy the dinosaurs, so I'm sure some of them got their hands on them and were able to relocate them to where they want to be. But the fact that they're now spread across the globe is ridiculous they look cool the dinosaurs do look cool i'm sick of chris pratt i'm sick of his guy liner i'm sick of his nonsense i don't want to see the original people come back maybe a couple movies ago not now i love laura dern but the ship has sailed they brought back the stupid little clone girl i don't care about her i don't care about any of them i want to say what what is this series Right. I mean, the, the first movie is so simple in execution, a park, you made, you brought back dinosaurs, the generator failed, the, the dinosaurs got out and it was a terrible time for everybody. Now we're in literally like dinosaur universe where dinosaurs roam the earth again. And it's like commonplace. And what is the series? Like, I'm sorry. Like talk about an evolution, no pun intended of an idea here. Uh, it's just not for me anymore. What this series is trying to be. I just, I've, I've lost interest in it. I think. It doesn't make sense to me. Like the first Jurassic World movie, it has problems. When I first saw it, I definitely did enjoy it. I got caught up with the nostalgia. Um, But it makes sense. Like, okay, the world's greedy. They're going to try and make a park again because we as humans think that we know better than nature. That's the whole. If you're looking for an overarching theme to these series, it's that. It's we think. Sure, that's a simple complex. That's Um, a simple idea. Right. Right. Simple concept. The chaos theory and all that stuff. Um, But then if you look at the second Jurassic Park film where it gets off the rails when the T Rex makes it to San Francisco, now they're like going back to that route and it didn't work. It didn't work then and it's not working now. And you have Jeff Goldblum spewing the same speech he's been spewing in this whole series and no one's listening to him. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. I'll say what it does. Uh, Jurassic World makes money. That's exactly what it is. People will go see it. It's going to make a ton of money. It's going to keep happening. So maybe best to ignore it and move on and see what else is out there because I I, I think I'm just kind of done with it. Uh, John, this one's for you. Actually, I thought of you as soon as I saw this because we talked about Uncut Gems was one of our like low key uh, underrated movies. We actually a really underrated movie for us. You know, we got to see our boy Adam Sandler. Uh, he's back again in uh, Hustle, which is a basketball movie coming to Netflix. What did you think of that? Because I, I know you're you're a big uh, fan of the Sandman over there, for good and for worse, Mister Hubie Halloween, right? Oh my god, I just can't believe that he's still making movies. It's amazing. But like some to, of the right, but some of the stuff agree. that. 
Go ahead, yeah. Some of the stuff he comes up with is the worst movies ever. But some of his things hit. It's interesting. Like his original stuff, like back in the day. Yeah, the original stuff works, but it's interesting to see. I think Adam Sandler's a better actor than we give him credit for a lot of the time. Uh, Uncut Gems, you know, is a really good movie. Um, uh, Punch Drunk Love is another good one. I feel like anything he doesn't make himself, he seems to be pretty good in. I don't know if that seems to be like a, a kind of a thing, but Hustle seems interesting to me. I like seeing Adam Sandler in a more serious role. Uh, especially, you know, as this basketball coach going to inspire, it looks like this younger, uh, younger gentleman playing the game. Kind of exciting. You know, I like a good old fashioned sports movie and having Adam Sandler yell at you is, is always fun too. So I thought that was kind of exciting. What do you think? Do we, were you excited for it? Is, is it interesting to you, John? What do you think? I mean, in a way it's kind of exciting, but really <laughs> it's just going to be another sports movie that doesn't land. Oh, look at this guy, Mr. Negative over there. Ugh, hurting my feelings. Uh, now, there was another movie I was really excited for. Uh, Jordan Peele's next movie uh, finally got a trailer. Uh, we got to see Nope, as it's called. Uh, Adam, what did you think of Nope? Now, are you familiar with Get Out and his other films that he's made? Uh, what, what did you no. think? What do you, no, you have not. What? No, I haven't. I really have. I don't Get know out. why. Get Out. Leave the chat. Leave the chat. <laughs> Sorry. They're so good. You would love them, I've Adam. heard. Really I've love. heard. Now, what did uh, you think of Nope? What are your thoughts now? Are you think it's weird or just like at two out there? Dude, that trail is scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was creepy. I think it's creepy. I'm excited for it. Uh, I think Jordan Peele is one of the best directors working in the industry today. Uh, I think he's maybe a little overrated at times. You know, I, I think there's some things he does that are kind of like, all right, calm down. You know, it's, it's not that groundbreaking. Uh, but Nope is interesting to me, especially with the alien concept. Uh, I like to mm-hmm. see him try to change genres every now and then. So it's fun to see something new. Uh, Julie, I know you were super excited for it. I'm very excited for this movie. Um, I love like a good alien horror-esque movie. You know, I know it's divided. I love the movie Signs. That was one of the first, I shouldn't say horror, but that movie scared the crap out of me as a kid. It really did. And this is totally giving me Signs vibes. Um, Steven Young's in it. I love him. So I'm super excited that he's in this. I don't know to what capacity. Um, I love Jordan Peele's movies. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of split with us. And I was, at, you know, at times I was too. But that movie really stuck with me. It creeped me out. And it makes it gets you thinking. That's what I like about his movies. It's that we joked about it with Scream. They joke about it in the newer Scream, that elevated horror. Um, but it is. It's unsettling. Um, this new one especially, it's scary. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, I think horror, I like the new direction horror is taking. There's always the joke of like, what what's truly scary? Like, do you remember a jump, screen, jump scare more? Or do you remember something that's like really unsettling and kind of carries with you a lot longer once you leave the film? I know Adam and loves like horror movies. And like thought-provoking themes. Really like thought-provoking stuff where you're like, think, I don't know. He just tackles topics that you wouldn't expect in a horror movie. Like us is like a class divide. It, it's like, wow, like you were able to weave that into a horror film. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's 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 more outland, different. I shouldn't say outlandish, but different topics that you wouldn't expect, uh, especially when he goes for more of the socio-political uh, you know, the race thing, which I think is really interesting. We don't see that really explored too much in movies. I know he has a huge thing where he likes to cast pe- people of color in his movies. And, you know, some people might see that as being like, oh, well, there's no white actors. That That's not what he's doing. He's trying to give more opportunities to a, a class that's 
maybe underrepresented and you know especially the, in horror yeah especially in horror where for the longest time you know it was the african-american character was the first one killed i mean i don't want to be that way but that usually was the case in those movies so it's nice to see someone get like a lead performance in a movie that typically didn't have that for years and in the i mean at least the last two outings like these characters are being empowered through these situations and again there always is like a socio-political kind of commentary woven into his film so he's really smart definitely really smart so i'm I'm very curious to see what direction this film goes in yeah i'm excited for it now john what do you think were you excited for nope did you watch any of the other ones i think i've seen some of them but i'm not really excited for nope i mean it's almost kind of like another horror movie that's coming but like it could be interesting like i've Really, no great opinion on it. John doesn't know what. John doesn't care. John's like, whatever. It's gonna gonna come out. I'm gonna skip it probably. Fair enough, man. I re- I respect it as I always do. Um, again, there were some other trailers that came out. There was some good stuff this week. Um, we also got to see uh, the first look at Elvis. Now, are there any Elvis fans in the house? I know Adam's a huge Elvis fan, right? He rocks a guy's blue suede shoes. Uh huh. Sure. I love Uncle Jesse from Full House. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey, nice. Uh, Boz Lerman is directing this. Now, he is a very controversial figure within that community of the musical adaptations. Either you love him, you hate him. I, I personally think he's actually really fun. I love Moulin Rouge. I think that's a great movie. I don't know how that's that probably people would be surprised. I actually really do like that movie, but I do enjoy it. Uh, also the great Gatsby. I did like his adaptation a lot, which I know is very controversial as well. Uh, I feel like he always adds a sense of style and that's what I kind of want from these biopic movies. Uh, we're not going to go too much about this, but again, I just want to say, I like that we see a style in this movie, a lot of close ups, a lot of energy, um, I think that's exciting for a biopic to make it more interesting rather than he could tell me your real life story. That's fine. But if I can't be like visually interested in it and in, in a more expansive way then I, I don't care. Right. I think that's really what it comes down to. So keep an eye on that one, guys. If you want to talk about, you know, future Oscar movies, I think there's something there for that. I don't know what it is. Boz Lerman could be hit or miss with that, but I think it's something. It's something just to keep an eye out for. Uh, last thing I want to talk about uh, was the Lord of the Rings trailer came out finally we finally got the announcement the internet's in an uproar people are angry oh my god they're flipping tables that there's like an african-american elf and you know there's women that are dwarves and i thought the trailer was fine i mean none of that stuff bothered me i think this the trailer just seemed kind of mediocre at best to me uh adam what do you think about lord of the rings i mean that, that's my impression right now I'm 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 still on the same trend as the uh you know those early pictures that we got. It's it's really not hooking me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, the trailer made it a little bit more interesting. I guess. Yeah. I mean. So I am interested. I will definitely check it out. But for yeah. right now. I don't know. It's I'm I'm still kind of like on the fence. I mean, you could tell there's a lot of money, right? I think if we look yeah. at the visual effects, there's a lot of money in there, but Definitely. money doesn't money doesn't make your story good. So right. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. It's a wait and see. I think. This is another, I think we, we don't really talk about it much here, but we talk about always nostalgia and everything. We, we go on and on about it. There is a negative to that, I think. And I think it's something worth discussing just a little bit here right now. Toxic fandom. Now, Adam, do you think that's a thing in, in franchises and whatnot? Do you think people are too close-minded to what they want Absolutely. sometimes? Like it really Absolutely. hurts and it hurts it? Mm-hmm. I do. Because then it's like, why would I, I don't want to join that. 
Yeah. That doesn't. Why would I watch something and all of a sudden, if I have a different opinion or something, why be berated by the people that are diehard fans about it? Right. And I feel like it's such a social justice word, and I hate to even use that, but there is gatekeeping. Gatekeeping is a thing. And I think it sucks. We see it a lot in video games, too. I think it's a big thing we don't really, we don't discuss that much on this channel, but that is a thing. Uh, Dark Souls recently came out with Elden Ring from the creator of Dark Souls. There's people gatekeeping about that, and it's like, all right you know what i mean like we we can't have that i think everyone has to be open to try and experience what they want uh lord of the rings we don't know anything about it literally we i mean we know like the lore and stuff like that sure but we don't know anything about this adaptation this series that they're going for before we start judging it for saying like there's you know miscast of people of color as characters that shouldn't be who cares if they're a good actor and they do a good job and you can tell the story Let's enjoy it for what it is. Let's have a good time. I think there's an opportunity there. Personally, like kind of Adam said, I'm still underwhelmed. Uh, it looks like a poor man's Game of Thrones a lot of the time, which, you know, for what it is, Game of Thrones didn't end up so well, so I don't know how this is going to do. Uh, now, John, uh, you like the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, what did you think of the trailer? Did you have any kind of feelings towards it either way? No, I'm kind of like on the same page as you guys are, but I'm just ready for like, Another four-hour movie of mainly walking and stuff, but like, but also like you were saying too, like with the fandom and everything. Like I feel like that's with everything too. Like even people on YouTube, they have their own fandoms, and people who are so set on one way and don't give people another time to like explain their own opinions. It's like if you don't have this, then you're not a real fan of this or say that or like, especially with big brands such as like Star Wars or Disney or universal or anything like that people are so on one side and it's this way or you can't be part of this group or whatever and it's so dumb it's like everybody has their own opinion nobody in your whole group on your one side has the same exact opinions or you would be robots no it sucks just get off your high horse and go away yeah, it sucks. I think that's really what it does. It sucks to be a fan sometimes. Like you, I feel like sometimes you go into a conversation and all these people are all about it and you're afraid to say something negative because you might just get like ganged up on and that might be the end of you. You know what I mean? It's like you feel like you can't have an opinion on anything. Uh, Julie, what well, do yeah. you think? of? Or Go ahead, John, before Julie. What do you think? Go ahead. Well, yeah, like, but also like what you're saying there too, like it would be like me joining into like a group of people who love diehard Star Wars fans and everything, they're not going to take my opinion as seriously as they would take yours, Seth. Yeah, but... Because they're right. like, oh, he knows all this and you're forgetting about, like, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Right, and to, and to counter that, I feel like I value your opinion more than I would sometimes a hardcore Star Wars fan because I look at it from the perspective of, like, I know all this lore, I know all this information. I like to see when someone doesn't, is it still a compelling piece of work? Because sometimes it's not. Nine times out of ten, I feel like just... I, I know all this information, but for you, you might not know any of this. Like like Book of Boba Fett, again, going back to it. Damn, it's like a central theme or something in this episode. Uh, we, we talk about that. You don't know who Cod Bane is. Does it mean as much to you? No. But you still see it as something cool and interesting. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's different aspects to it. And I think sometimes the less knowledgeable opinion is the more valuable one in, in cases like that. Uh, now, Julie, what do you think about toxic fandom and Lord of the Rings in general? I guess start with Lord of the Rings and then let me know what you think, you know, as far as the fandom stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, like Adam said, the trailer, I feel exactly the same about the show as I did when we saw those, like, you know, character posters or images I'm not excited for it at all. You know, maybe a little bit more intrigue. 
Um, but you know, I'll watch it. I'm not going to be like, Oh my gosh, I have to watch it the first night it comes out. I might give it a couple days. Um, the toxic fandoms real. It goes across any and all fandoms. Um, you know, at the end of the day with people being upset about casting, we have to remember that Lord of the Rings is a fantasy series where anything can happen. Really, truly, you know, aside from if there's explicit rules in that world, you know, anything can go. Skin colors don't matter. Of course, there's going to be female dwarves. How do they procreate? You know, like, I don't know. Very silly. Um, and I think it goes into that thing even we were talking about with Marvel, you know, if you have to consume all this media and have to be a master of everything and anything in this specific world or universe, you know, yeah, you're going to feel protective of it. But maybe if you go in not having all of that, you might find appreciation in things where, you know, those diehard fans are condemning it. Um, you might be a little more open to it. Um, just, just watch it and enjoy it. Let people, you know, interpret it. It's, it's tough. I mean, I've, consume media where you know i read the book and then i see the movie or the show and it's horrible and they left out stuff and they you know i feel like they did a disservice to the fans but if they're trying to keep the spirit and the theming of the original project alive then why not like they're trying to give you you know more stories in that world i don't know i i love lord of the rings i'm not one of those you know die hard fans i don't know i never read the books i only read the hobbit um, so I don't have as much of like that personal connection to it. So I'm not, I watched that trailer and the only thing that offended me was that I wasn't very interested in it. You know, Oof. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's, I think there's just, there's, there's so much gatekeeping with things and, you know, I feel like a lot of people tend to blame, you know, they blame the studios for what they make. And I think sometimes the fans are involved. I think we have to be realistic here. I think sometimes we make the experiences so negative that nobody wants to invest in that material. And, you know, there's a discussion for it, I think, down the line. You know, we'll see it more, of course, especially with some of these, like, nerdy subculture kind of things. But, you know, it kind of sucks. I, I always like to see what people think. And, you know, when we shut down an idea, I, I think that's a disservice to everyone, and we shouldn't do that. But anyway, back to Lord of the Rings. It's fine. We'll see. Let's give it, let's give it a chance. We'll find out what happens. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is I found out this interesting article that came up talking about uh, streaming platforms and bringing out these like unseen gems. Uh, it was actually IGN posted an article about the show Zack Stone is going to be famous. I don't know if anyone's checked that out yet. Uh, it's a Bo, it's a Bo Burnham show that was on MTV where he's trying to become like a social media influencer and he goes through all these like crazy scenarios. It's outlandishly hilarious. It's It's a lot funnier. And it got me to thinking like, how many shows are out there that maybe should have had like another, another chance, right. That maybe didn't hit the nail on the head right when they came out. Uh, Cause Zach Stone, the show about a social media influencer, uh, when it came out, I believe it was 2013. We weren't really, yeah. we weren't ready for that yet. You know what I mean? We weren't really into the crux of that. That show would have worked better now that we, that we were kind of like embroiled in that kind of like community. Um, is there any, anyone have any kind of shows that are like that? That like that show that maybe they think that, that came back maybe even on a streaming platform. Uh, I know one example, Adam, was Psych is, is back. You know, it's kind of reliving itself back on streaming and people are checking it out. Uh, do you think there's like more legs for it to stand on to keep going now that it's kind of been reinvigorated on on like these streaming platforms? Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, especially now because they have, you know, the three additional movies that they've made from it just because of how much ground that it's 
regained in popularity. Um, I mean, there's so many shows that uh, I, that I've been watching on Amazon Prime, like uh, Monk and Psych, and I rewatched uh, Chuck not too long ago nice, as well. Nice, okay. Like those are all great shows that I would love to see more of. Right, and do you think this like these streaming platforms give those like series opportunities to come back? Because I think it does think so. a lot more. Yeah, because yeah. it's like now they're now I have an opportunity to see them. Like other, you know. If there was a specific, I can watch them on my own time, I guess. Now, yeah, is right. Where I'm trying to get to. Yeah, and we create more casual fan, like you know what I mean. Like the fans kind of come together a little bit more because now we can watch right. it at, our own, at your own pace. Um, another yep. one was uh, Happy Endings. I don't know if anyone's mm. seen. I know me and Julie watched Happy Endings. Julie, I know you want to talk about that one a little bit, and I'm sure Zach Stone because you were the one going. You were, you're uh, the one that made me watch it in the first place. I did make you watch it. I love Zach Stone is going to be famous. It's so funny. Like the first, again, it came out in 2013. So some of it's like a little cringe at first, but it really like, it's funny. But then there was like serious moments too. Like I'm such a sucker. Like if anyone's feeling it, I'm like, Oh, Zach, like poor thing. Like, cause he just humiliates himself on every opportunity he has. It's such a good show. And like, again, I never would have seen it if it wasn't on Netflix. Um, so that's something that's definitely worth checking out. Um, happy endings. I loved, I think it only had three seasons and they were, I think each season's maybe only like 12 episodes. Maybe, um, I would love to see that come back. I know they've come back just like kind of over zoom calls for many reunions. Um, but I feel like that could definitely get a new life, you know, see where are they now kind of thing. Um, I don't think it got the full chance it deserved when it was, you know, on television, Another show I want to see, which I don't know if it counts because it was on streaming, Santa Clarita Diet. I just wanted to come back for like a movie or one more season because it ended on a cliffhanger. Um, so, and I know people watched the show and it still got canceled anyways. I know there was like a lot of people petitioning it for it to just be finished at least. Um, so, you know, we'll see. You never know. There seems to be a lot of shows kind of coming back for either movies or, you know, that one final season. So right. that's something that streaming kind of allows those shows to have the opportunity to do. Right. And I think there's a difference. I want to clarify just one thing. I think there, a lot of people say like, it's like, is it nostalgia baiting? We're not talking about really in that, in this sense, I think we're talking more about like shows that didn't have like the send off or the notoriety that they should have had when they were first airing. Uh, a lot of things like Firefly is a popular example. Now I really, I've only watched bits and pieces of Firefly, but people, that's like the one that you hear all the time, right? It's like, bring back Firefly. You don't know what we were missing. Nathan Fillon's still doing conventions talking about it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it should come back because it didn't have the right ending. We're not talking about like a reboot or like a rebrand. We're talking about like continuing the story. You know, it, it didn't finish the right way or it needed more time. Like I said, I think Psych is a really good example from ones I've watched where, I mean, I guess it ended where it, it could have ended, but there's still time to keep going, like bringing back a movie every now and then. Like, that's not a bad thing. That's that's not disrespecting your source material. That's just continuing the story. Um, Dexter is another example of that. I mean, Dexter, it's not a good <laughs> example. We'll, we'll talk about it someday, I'm sure. But again, it got another life, right? It didn't have uh, the right ending. It, it lambasted years on streaming and Showtime, and then it decided to come back. I know, Julie, you want to talk about it. We're not going to really go into deep about Dexter. But again, it's just another example that we're talking about. Uh, John, do you have any like shows that you've watched that maybe you wish continued on or didn't get the, like, the send-off that it deserved? Anything like that? None that I can really think of, but like, with you saying like these shows that 
don't have like didn't get as popular as they would like now you also gotta think too like with indie with some of the indie movies that are very low budget that aren't brought to like big theaters or put out there there's so many great movies out there that we don't see too right that because it's not thrown in your face or something or you have to really look to find these things i'm sure there's so many shows that we missed out on that were great shows but you just never can get around to them per se and stuff wow it's almost like you read my mind because this is actually where i kind of wanted to go with the wrap-up to this show so i think there's like i said we brought up you know, TV shows kind of coming back or things that we missed. There's movies too, obviously. There's hidden gems of older movies that, you know, that never got popular until now. I want you guys to think about it for a minute. I'm going to give you one that I have, but do you have any kind of like hidden gems for movies that you don't think people really watch or should be watching that are like either funnier, more exciting? Like they don't get any credit. You know, what's that diamond in the rough for you guys that you would recommend for someone to go and check out that they probably haven't even heard of? Uh, there's, there's a lot. I mean, you, you, I'm sure I know I put everyone on the spot. I, I know they get real happy when I do that. So we needed an advance notice for this one. This was too this bad. Was dirty. Too bad. You got to think about it. It's okay. We're not, I'm not holding you to anything. You have to go first then. I always have to go first. Um, now I, it's not really a, it's a newer movie, but I don't think it got enough praise. So I really want to talk about this. The green Knight was a movie that I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about for whatever reason. It's it's kind of a hidden gem because no one speaks about it. You know, I've never heard anyone. I've never even heard of it. What there, is that? Yeah, see what I mean? The Green Knight. So the Green Knight has Dev Patel. It's a it's a retelling of Go- Sir Gawain of the Arthur of the An Arthur, Arthurian legend. Arthurian legend, and it's about that whole story. It's pretty much a retelling of the classic poem. It was a fantastic movie, and why it's not nominated in the Oscars? If you want to talk about snubs, if we went back to that whole conversation, that movie had the visuals, had the sound design, had the color, the storytelling, the acting. Everything I look for in a movie was in that movie. That's an A-plus movie. Spoiler alert for the review that'll someday come down the line. It's an A-plus movie, in my opinion. And why don't we talk about it? Is it because it's indie? More than likely. You know, it's A24, so, you know, that studio, take it for what it is. If you like, you know, your sheep children talking, like that movie Sheep or uh, The Witch. Bob the Whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. It's a talking animal, kid. Weird. Um... You know, if you like that studio and the midsummer night fever dreams that they give, that that's fine too. Uh, but I thought that was a really underrated movie. Uh, Adam, how about you? You got any like hidden gem? Is there a movie like you go back to that you don't think many people watch? Or, mm, I mean, it seems like there's such a uh, tiny fandom for Tron Legacy. Yeah, that's a good one. No one I talks about love that movie that anymore. Movie. That is one of my favorite movies, hands down. Right, but. Nah, it's. I know that they were supposed to do a sequel. I don't know where it stands right now. Yeah, but, it had um, like Jared Leto was involved, I think, at one point, and like there were yeah. some announcements. And it's weird because Tron, Tron has a big following, ironically, but no one talks right. about Tron right. ever. It's just it's like eh. a forgotten Disney property, and it's such a cool idea. It had absolutely. It had one animated spinoff that was pretty good. A lot of people said mm-hmm. I never got a chance to watch it, but I heard heard good things. That's another show I think that it didn't finish correctly, from what I understand, right. but. Tron Legacy is really freaking good. Like, yeah, I, I don't love know, that movie. I don't know why people don't talk about that, but I think that's a gem. I think that's it's on Disney Plus too, so people can check that out. I highly recommend yep. it. Uh, John, what do you got? You got something for me? Something you watch all the time that you don't think people watch? Oh, not really. Um, <laughs> gotta love it. I guess I would think t- 
like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea was a, like a movie that I thought was really good, but not many people talk about it. I never heard someone just like casually reference that movie in a conversation ever in my entire life, and I am so happy it came from you right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I am like literally really excited. All right. So what, what also? So what about too. that movie? Go ahead. What about that? Like, what is the thing? What What are you thinking? <laughs> I just think like. When it came out, it was so it was done so well and so done like have you watched like the backstory of how it was made and stuff and how right. it was just all designed in one little warehouse, which I thought was really interesting. And people don't like like if you watch that movie nowadays, like yeah, you see some of the things that are like, Wow, that's a little like you could see how bad it was. But I still think the story holds up to it. Yeah, that's that's it's crazy how sometimes when a movie, even though it's so old, it still holds up now. Especially when you get that behind the scenes labor of love. Uh, I always talk about Star Wars with that too, where they like you know, looking at it now, it's like whatever. It's like they're playing with toys and they're flying around making noises. But you go behind the scenes and you really look at like all the work they did with miniatures and all the time that was spent, all the handcrafted love. You you can't get that now nowadays. I don't think. I don't think that's something that's very common. Uh, Julie. Last but not least over there, she's like rolling her eyes about to like strangle me in the other side of the room. Uh, now, I know for you, if you want a little help, we, we've talked about comedies. You're a big one with comedies where you think there's comedies people should watch that they don't watch. Uh, what do you I, I know she's she's like really up, she doesn't know what's going to happen. Uh, what, what, are, what are some thoughts from you? Underrated movies. Go ahead. Well, I actually came up with a non-comedy movie at the last second, which I can share. Um, I don't know what answer hey, you, you do. You, you do, you me. do whatever you got. I'll take multiple if you got. I'll do multiple. So, um, I was thinking of like, because I personally like. I think a lot of the movies I like, people, mo- the general public likes. Um, but I was thinking of like some of the rom coms that I go back to frequently. Like I was trying to think of a movie that I watch a lot. Um, and there's a rom com from like the '90s with Sandra Bullock and uh, Bill Pullman while you were sleeping one of my favorite movies i watched it when i was younger and i try to make a habit of watching it every christmas season because it happens over christmas and new year's and it's just such a cute movie i love bill pullman in it like he's just such a cutie pie um so that's a movie i go back to a lot and i think it should be like when people talk about like go-to rom-coms that should always be on the list um but speaking of like comedies it's, t- it's one of those things like comedy is so subjective and there's some movies like I know that they're not good movies, but I find them so funny. And the Rob Schneider movie, The Hot Chick, my family loves this movie. We've watched it so many times. We quote it regularly. <laughs> and again, it's so they bad. Do. They do. <laughs> we really do. Like the one part we well, like sometimes someone's upset. We just go somebody shit in the locker and we just like just random quotes it's a it's a lifestyle that you live apparently it's a Uh, lifestyle it really is rob schneider you know you want to talk about (laughs) someone that like fell off completely and you know yeah yeah he's somebody um i think it was a family guy that made that joke where it's like rob schneider's in a weird situation and it's like rob schneider's like a stapler and had like all these different like things where rob schneider was like put into like a different like a different role where he was like in a a wacky situation playing a different character that was kind of his like career i want to make it clear though you know we did we weren't rob schneider like stands it's specifically rob schneider in the hot chick we didn't do like the animal we didn't do those other things it's the hot chick um, that was one of our favorites, um, along with Dickie Roberts with David Spade. That's also another 
underrated comedy, right? Uh oh, Adam. Uh-oh. Yes. O M G. That's a great yes! movie. Yes. Go home, eat an ego. We quote it all. That's another yes. constantly quoted movie in this house. Oh What's going gosh. on, John? We're losing control. Yeah, I'm so happy to find <laughs> another person who enjoys that film. Yes, I love that movie. It's so I good. Can't. Devil Rabbit. Devil Rabbit. <laughs> That's a great movie. I've watched it like 20 times. I can't. Yes. I can't yes. Even. It's so good. On a loop. On a loop. Yeah. I know a good one, John, for us that we talk about all the time. I feel like we reference it way more often than we should. Small soldiers. We always talk about that. Oh movie. yeah, me and you always talk about soldiers. that. And it's literally like it's like literally young adult Toy Story, I guess maybe, but like because <laughs> a little more violent. But we always talk about that. that's like a low key underrated movie in my opinion. I like that movie. <laughs> that's true. I feel like that's one of those movies too. Like when we were like, <clears throat> when, after you watched it, it was so hard to ever find like to buy it too. It was one of those movies that would always you can't. It was hard to find a physical copy of it. Yeah, that and like the toys which I thought was never weird. being a thing. That was like always a hard thing to find too with that movie. Which because you wanted the yeah. toys, but they weren't real. Which maybe was for the best because you know they were like trying to kill people and stuff. But hey, whatever, it worked out. Small soldiers, good stuff. But and I guess the hot chick and uh, with uh, the Dickie Roberts. Dickie Roberts. Sure. Dickie Roberts, childhood star. David Spade, man, I I can't do David Spade. I just can't. It's so good though. It's such a heartwarming. Oh my God! Stop! Oh my! Literally, this, I kid this. you not. When we walk, in, I'm like, "All right, stop at the brick wall." I go brick wall waterfall every oh day. Oh my God! I can't. I can't <laughs> even handle this right now. But I'm glad. I'm glad we had some different movies to talk about. You know, you guys should check out everything we talked about. I'm sure it's on streaming platforms or wherever. Uh, I don't know about Dickie Roberts. Maybe it's like in a special place in hell somewhere where you can't find it. So we can only stop. hope that's the case. Oh, no. no, it's been on TV actually recently. Yeah, the cable. That's no why one... it's been. Yeah, that's right. Cable, no one pays for. No one should have cable. See, there you it go. It was on it. Prime not Damn too long it. ago. Shut up, Adam. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Gonna cancel Adam. <laughs> it might be on Prime. If it is, you should check it out. Maybe that's something we'll talk about down the line. Maybe we'll go and we'll, we'll talk about that. again. <laughs> Oh boy, but it's been fun, guys. I'm glad everyone was able to join Adam us. Adam and I are going to yeah. host a Dickie Roberts watch party. <laughs> no. Let's no. do it. No, none of that. Oh, Kevin, man. you're coming. I'm gonna be Nobody's going to show up. Nobody's going to show up. <laughs> everyone is going to show up. Well, if I have to show up, uh, John's the guest of honor, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Got to roll out the red carpet for you. We'll invite David Spade. He's not doing much. He probably could show up. Okay. His, like his commercial or whatever it is that he's in. The Kanuka. Yeah, okay, that's great. Adam's all happy about it. All right. He's an American treasure, really. Oh boy. Rude. Oh boy. But listen, thank you guys all so much for joining us on this episode of Real Guys Live. We had some good times with us. If you have any suggestions that you want us to talk about, uh, let us know in the comments below. Uh, let us know some of your underrated gems. Is there some movies that you think people should check out that they don't even know about? Uh, there's so many movies out there. Some of the ones we gave are even more obvious than others. There's a lot, and I think that's what's beautiful about like a you know a movie community where we can share and talk about different things. But again, thank you guys all joining us for this episode. My name's Kevin. Uh, we are the Real Movie Guys. Uh, this has been the Real Guys Live. Uh, everyone, thank you for joining for this episode. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. 
Just search The Real Movie Guys, it should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.